You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Big Show Hour 4 continues. I'm Patrick Dumas, Alex Brody along with me. Calgary Flames game day. They uh, start a little mini two-game Southern California road trip tonight in Los Angeles, taking on the LA Kings. It's a late one, 7.30 for Flames warm-up. 8.30 puck drop right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. A Calgary team that's been playing pretty well of late, and they needed to. Uh, it's the junior club. It's the Calgary Hitmen. They, uh, they're they coming off of a, a big weekend. Uh, took two from the Medicine Hat Tigers. See themselves seventh spot in the Western Conference, or sorry, Eastern Conference playoff race right now with three to play. We're joined by uh, Azam Naji here uh, every weekend, uh, host of the Hitman Hockey Hour. He does some reporting as well for the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, Azam, how are we doing today, buddy? Oh, not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Glad you could come in studio and do this. Sounds so much better, obviously, uh, in studio. See you face-to-face than just uh, over the phone. Uh, yeah, you've been uh, here now. How long have you been at the station now? I started my internship in May, so... May of last a, year. May of so last almost year, a so year. almost a year, yeah. Almost a year now, and you've been thrown right into the Hitman. This is what you want here. You wanted uh, you wanted to cover the Hitman. And uh, talk about this playoff race. You know, we, we left them in February's... Just an awful time. Like, we you know, it was not a fun group to be just to be around. You know, it, it, the injuries and all that. Talk about just the last, I guess, I want to say probably like around that loss to Kelowna, February 26th was it. And then they went on the break. And then they come in to take on Swift Current. And they've been five and two since. Where have you seen the, this Hitman team come from in the last month or so? The biggest thing is the they're healthy now. Yeah. Like a lot of their, it was their top six before players on their top six were injured, which mm-hmm. is a big key for this team. Uh, Steve Hamilton talks about it's there are some parts of the team. They don't have that one player yeah. like Connor Bedard or Zach uh, Benson or mm-hmm. Ben King that can automatically change a game. They need to be winning by a committee. Mm-hmm. And when you lose a young player like Carson Wench, you lose Sean Chagall and then recently acquired Carter McAdams to injury, you're just shuffling around and you have defensemen playing forward. So, that's the biggest thing is they're healthy. And, you know, at times, Braden Peters was also injured and Ethan Bonaventura had to take over the net. Uh, he hasn't been the greatest as well, including, I think, his last 10 start. He has one win. So, yeah, Braden Peters is healthy, and that's what their team is going. They've just been the healthier team. Talk about this past weekend here. Uh, Friday, this is the uh, the 6-4 setback to, to Lethbridge, but then you come back on Saturday in Medicine Hat, get the 2 nothing shutout, and then last night you, you, you're you down 3-1, you come back and win 4-3. Talk about the last three for the Hitman here. Yeah, I'm actually just going about one more. It was actually yeah. four, last four because it was a 4-5. Yeah, and five. the 7-1, I guess, yeah, yeah on it Wednesday. Was, yeah. It was a 4-5 and five nights, which is really tough, especially yeah. on a hockey club. And, yeah, they're young kids, and they've got full of energy, but of that's a tough... Uh, turnaround for them and I think that 7-1 win was a great starting point for that team really boasted their com- boosted their confidence especially with Matteo Denis with four goals mm-hmm. like I said they, they're they scoring by committee and Denis was that uh, Lethbridge killer as even in uh, Lethbridge when they did drop that 6-4 decision mm-hmm. it was Denis who opened the scoring so they did get a lot and then you come into Medicine Hat a goaltending battle you had a goal disallowed because of offside yeah. didn't deter you and then obviously Carter Yakubchuk does what he does on the power play. He leads the WHL with 14 power play goals and has helped that power play move up when they were filtering around 21-22 in the league up to now 17. Wow. Yeah, so a big difference. And as a and he's a 17-year-old defenseman, so he's not even eligible for the draft this year because mm-hmm. he's got a late birthday. But uh, that definitely was the issue that they needed. And, you know, they are feeling themselves. They're happy. They're skating well. They're winning by committee. And... 
Obviously, we saw Braden Peters uh, in that 7-1 win with that ridiculous uh, stick save. And you look at the score sheet, oh, 7-1 wasn't really much of a difference. Mm -hmm. But that middle frame was the Braden Peters show where he kept them in that game. Otherwise, that game could have been tied going into the into the final frame. And then Braden Peters again, again against Medicine Hat. He was just ridiculous. It's not a 23-save shutout for his third of the season. Talk about Braden Peters. This is a guy, he's, he's, I believe he's the longest-serving uh, hitman on the team. I know that you haven't been around the club long. Uh, but talk about this guy. Just talk about the, what he means to this dressing room and, and the hitman going forward. Because he's, he's a guy with a lot of experience. He is their guy in net. But just talk about what he means to this group. Yeah, I believe rather for the Schultz is probably their oldest yeah. Uh, yeah. player. He's the only one that has had playoff experience. Uh, no, no, no one else has. But Braden mm-hmm. Peters... He, he had a goal in mind. He wanted to make the playoffs. He wants to see some postseason action, especially as a 20-year-old goaltender. You don't really see that in the WHL as a 20-year-old spot is used for a goaltender. Mm-hmm. But Steve Hamilton's talk about this is the reason why we have a 20-year-old goaltender. He's come into the league. He plays hard. He works hard. He's already reached. He's above 3,500 3, save in his career. Yeah. He continues to play well. Um, you know, Night in, night out battle. Doesn't matter if it's a game or a practice. He will rob you regardless <laughs> of what whatever situation he is and he showed that he's a calming influence in the net uh he works in and he even said uh previously about i think it was a week ago or two weeks ago that he wants to lead this team into the playoffs it's his net it's mm-hmm. his crease and he's gonna work hard and he loves his not only his work ethic but he loves his partner it's not the first year this has been the tandem yeah, no and they work in unison and he's very complimentary of ethan bonaventura and he talks about, you know, when I've been down, Ethan's carried the ball. Mm-hmm. And when I, uh, Ethan's kind of dropped the ball, I'm there to support him and give him my knowledge. Because when he got his first start, and uh, Steve Hamilton talked about this yesterday, it was Jake McNaughton who started 22 straight games yep. before uh, he got his first start. So he understands what the workload is and how demanding, and especially playing three straight games uh, in net, and, include, and then if you go four and five. So he he is the horse, and uh, he's going to get the bulk of those starts. Talk about uh, a couple of the, the uh, NHL draft eligible guys this year: Oliver Tolk, Graydon Seatman. They're uh, two of the younger guys. This is going to be a, a group. Uh, two guys are going to be relied on in the future here for the Hitman. But Oliver Tolk, uh, I feel like every time I look at the score sheet, he's or the Hitman winning. He's on it for some reason. You know, he's doing all he can. And this guy's a really good player. Graydon Seatman's another one. Talk about Tolk and Seatman. Yeah, Tolk, uh, a little undersized for mm-hmm. you know an NHL draft, but this kid probably got the best and hardest shot on the team. It's an NHL caliber shot. If you ask anyone on the team, they're like, who has the best shot? Tulk's got the shot. He's got that easy release. But the biggest thing I see from him is he's been playing primarily the second line center. Mm -hmm. And he's going up against 19, 20-year-old centers. And he's around the top 20 in face-off wins, which is really key, especially for a team. And we saw that last night. They came into the period down 3-1. He had a goal disallowed. Mm -hmm. Um inconclusive kicking motion in the crease. Uh, but that didn't waver the team. On the power play, they got a nice power play. Clean face-off win to his right on his strong side. Yeah. Goes to the front of the net, deflects the Seatman shot. And this game is changed. 10 seconds later, the t- uh, why not <laughs> scores? And this game is turned around and him and are in charge. Now, the coaches, like the, it was a tough time. We talked about how bad it was for for this group in February. But talk about how the coaching staff has, has held this group together. You know, led by Steve Hamilton, uh, Trent Kassan, and Matt Stage, and are the assistants. But talk about the the, the coaching group here in in Calgary and how how their job to keep these guys motivated and going and coming to the ring. Because 
you know, winning one game in all that time, that's tough to show up every morning, especially when you're, you know, okay, you got other stuff going on and then you got to play hockey and you're losing. Like talk about the coaching staff and how they were able to keep this group tight knit. Yeah. It's, it was a very tough stretch and you know, Steve, Steve's a teacher yeah, and he's great at that. He knows what buttons to press, what not to press and how to, you know, see the human side aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think that works very well with the tandem of Stajan and Trent Cassand because Stajan, play, he's played the game. He yeah. knows what it is. He's been in those big moments. I go back to that uh, 2015 series against Vancouver. He knows what it takes to yeah. be in the league. And oh, yeah. I think that experience rubs off on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent Cassand, very calm, very composed. Uh, he will sit with you one-on-one. He'll talk to you like man-to-man. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Whether you've had a terrible game, whether you've had a great game, he will sit with you. He will bring out the points. Yeah. But then he'll also work with you on what can do. And, um, you know, they're still batting some injuries. Jacob Wright was injured, uh, came back. He's re-injured again. Uh, Bilal Nouri is injured again. But you see those guys, when they're a little bit healthier, mm-hmm. it's before practice. You see Stage or Trent out with them, and they're, um, and they're practicing, and they're getting back to healthy. So you see that effort. But even in practice, Sometimes it's not Steve running the show. Mm-hmm. Steve works in tandem with the other two to create, you know, what what do we need to work on? They take the last game. They say, break it down. What is the issue? Let's say it's breakouts. Yeah. They will spend a solid 20 minutes on, on a breakout drill and change it up each time within those 20 minutes. But it's either Trent or Stage mm-hmm. or sometimes Steve will run it, but they work in unison. I think... That's great to see within a coaching staff that they're all on the same page and they work together. So I think that's the biggest point here. Talking with Azam Nanji, the host of uh, Calgary Hitman Hockey Hour right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. You mentioned the injuries. Blau Norris hurt again. Jacob Wright. How are the, what are they, their statuses uh, over the last uh, six days here? Do you think they'll be ready for postseason time? Jacob Wright is day-to-day. Yeah. Um, he will be back. I would assume... I wouldn't push him two for the last three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're... Magic number is very close. Yeah. Uh, one. I believe Swift currently yeah, loses tomorrow. And Swift then a, loses tomorrow to Edmonton. point against. And, yes. For and, on Wednesday uh, would clinch for would the Would clinch for the Hitman. So I wouldn't rush him. Yeah. Uh, Blake Hewitt has done a great job of transitioning mm-hmm. from a defenseman to a forward. And he's taken it like a champ. Uh, he's he have had a conversation with him. He He's like, guys have helped me support my team. Uh, they've helped me transition. So I think not rushing him is mm-hmm. a great great aspect because Wright will come in right in the playoffs and he will do. Uh, Bilal Nuri, I don't think you'll see him for the rest of the year. Mm. Uh, he was out quite a bit for indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, he is now week to week, but he's still suffering from something uh, major and uh, yeah, he's been practicing, but mm. very not even contact at all. Like You'll see him if they're doing a heavy drill, mm-hmm. he comes off. He's wow. on the bench. Okay. So uh, I wouldn't see Bilal Nuri here uh, coming up uh, soon, but again, Progression changes. We've seen sometimes if you rush guys, I think Carter McAdams uh, coming back from his injury, he he did come early. Uh, I think it's taken him a little bit longer to mm-hmm. get back up to game speed. Uh, but yeah, that I would say uh, that's where the injury standpoint is. We said depending on the results Tuesday, uh, if Swift Current doesn't get a point, uh, I believe they need actually need to win. But uh, the Hitmen do have a chance to clinch a playoff spot if something if the things go right on Tuesday on Wednesday. The sky was falling, like we talked about a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Now there's a real chance at the postseason. Did you, did you and yourself believe that this that the, that postseason was a real thing for this group, the way it was going at the beginning of the season? Everything was going right for oh, this yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, goals, saves, both goaltenders, fourth, fifth in the conference. Yeah, 
and they were playing well. Then we obviously had the issue of February and the injuries and mm-hmm. everything was just going wrong for the team. Uh, but they never let up hope. And whenever I talk to you know players, coaches, they always had that belief that we're going to figure this out. And I think it continued to progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sean Chagall has taken another level. That was a big story for this team. You know, Ducks prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of went quiet there, but now he's showing up. Riley for the Schultz, you know, set a new career in goals. He's now in the 30 goal plateau. Yep. So their leaders are leading. And then you also have your rookies. Uh, London Hoylett, yeah. a guy, a great story for him. Mm-hmm. Comes into camp as a tryout, on a tryout. Makes the team, and you can't take him out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. He goes up and down. Like yesterday's game, they need to make adjustment. Who was up to move to a more predominant line? London Hoylet. Who gets the primary assist on the game tying goal? London Hoylet. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing. And their rookies are playing all over talk. Again, Carson Wetch, after his injury, he's come back. Now he's feeling good. So it's a scoring by committee. And I think that's a big postseason thing. And they feel it themselves. And they had the goal coming in because, mm-hmm. oh, like I said before, Riley Fuller Schultz is the only one who's had playoff uh, experience. None of these guys have it, and they want it. They brought in Jacob Wright from mm-hmm. Everett to fill out that role, but they want playoff success, and they can definitely do it. And, uh, you know, they felt it. They were happy. You could hear after the game I was there when they got off the ice. Mm-hmm. How many block shots were there in the last five? Not last five minutes, last two minutes. A big one by Tolk, a wide-open net for... Uh, for Medicine had to tie the game. Mm-hmm. Who steps up? Otto Oliver Talk. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's also the team is blocking shots, and that's led by David Adazinski. Yep. And you, I talked to Trent earlier in the week, and he's like, Trent, you see Adazinski, they, he's built differently. Some players will look at their stat line. Mm-hmm. They'll say how many goals, how many points, and all of that. But David Adazinski looks at it, how defensively can I be? They don't track block shots. But he will go. And I was talking as well with the color voice, Jeff Hollick. He was joking with uh, Adazinski earlier. He's like, how many shots are you going to block today? He's like, <laughs> as many as I need to. As he takes, man. So th- they believe in themselves. And they know that they if they're going to get in, and they're going to, they're hopefully they'll get to play Regina and not Winnipeg. <laughs> Red Deer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Red Deer, not Winnipeg. Uh, then they'll have a good thing. But either way, mm-hmm. I don't think... They will be a they they will be an easy out whichever team they get play. Oh no, yeah, that's one thing is like when when the hitman is they they will make you work for everything. And I think they played the 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 ice pretty well. Like the last two games, I think they played them pretty well. The one the the the, the be brave game and yeah. then the the one where they the the crazy eight seven game in Winnipeg. It was mm-hmm. a back to back. They 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 played them pretty well, and I think they match up okay with Red Deer as well. Uh, talk about Sean Chagall. This is an Anaheim Ducks prospect. Uh, I think this is. A, there's a guy that maybe, like, where do you see him going into the NHL? you think he could be a, a real, like, almost like an everyday NHLer? Yeah, for sure. He's mm-hmm. got the skill, and he's a, as much as he's not known for his playmaking, Yeah, he's shown a lot of progression in that play, uh, especially with earlier in the year and a little bit later when he was with Riley Phil Schultz. Now they've moved mm-hmm. Schultz with uh, a little bit down and Maxi Muranov and Matteo Denis. Uh, he's great on that one, so... Uh, but yeah, I think next year Sean Chagall will make the AHO and then he'll play, I'd say, a season uh, with a season half and potentially, yeah, I would go forward with him making and be a middle six player for the Ducks, especially with the roster on that team. They could definitely use someone with Chagall's size and mm-hmm. uh, his smarts. 
you looking forward to that one? Uh, elsewhere, what else is piquing your interest around the dub? I know Connor Bedard, first player to hit 140 points in the league since uh, 1995-96. Yeah, uh, Bedard's just unreal. <laughs> like I watched him play when he was here on February 1st. Oh, the old sellout game. The sellout game. <laughs> and, you know, Jeff Chenoff's been in this league for years. Mm-hmm. And I talked with Lou on him in Hockey Hour. This last one you can get on our Sportsnet 960 website. Mm-hmm. Shanots and his father had pretty much built the WHO. Oh, yeah. And he said that he's never seen a player, a single player, sell out buildings on the road. Oh, yeah. And Bedard's just his release and his mindset and his humbleness, mm-hmm. I would say, is a big thing, especially post game. Like he had a, a great move in the shootout to win it. And he's like, yeah, I. Yeah, dr- just kind of went, dr- went off the stick. Went my stick there. Yeah. But his humbleness and then. Even that, he's like, but it wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. It was my team. Yeah. And we saw that humbleness, and I think that's a great thing for not only young hockey players to look at, but in general that you may be an excellent franchise player, but you're still human, and you have that humbleness to you. So I think that's a great lesson for another lesson from Bedard other than the toe dag release. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thoughts on the the QMJHL fighting ban? I know Rob Robson said it's not in the future plans of the WHL, but the Q's... It's, it's had a lot of political pressure on them to ban fighting. What are your thoughts on uh, one of the three uh, CHL leagues banning fighting? Honestly, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, it ha- fighting has gone down oh, yeah. in the league. So I think in itself, it is adju- adapting to it, uh, to the circumstances. It's following the trends of the NHL. Yeah, but there are times where sometimes you, you... A lot of these kids have a lot of testosterone that mm-hmm. they need to get out and frustrations and... That happens during a game and momentum swings as well. You and then, or sometimes your teammate can get nailed pretty hard, and you got to stand up for them. Mm-hmm. So I think fighting is an aspect of hockey that will, should continue to stay. It is not transitioning to be an everyday thing. Yeah, but when it does happen, when it calls for when it, it calls for it, it needs to happen because sometimes you got to you know rally your team mm-hmm. or stand up. Like I said, stand up for your teammate, which is a big thing. Uh, so I th- I'm not very happy with you know QJHMHL yeah uh, banning fighting in the next few years, but I'm glad the WHL has said that this is not part of our our plans yeah. and uh, they'll continue to look at it because if I think if you look at it, I haven't seen a fight in the Hitman <laughs> since probably like December. Wow, okay, and yeah. and that's when like London Hoylet dropped the gloves with someone, mm-hmm. and then and later on in practice he was showing some pointers to his team. And that was hilarious. I found that so funny that after practice, center of the ice, they're just tossing their gloves and they're just like, pretending to pound each other. And honestly, when you're in a league where some of the guys are undersized, you got to stand up for your team Mm -hmm. and they're your teammates. They're your family. Yeah. So yeah, go from that. But uh, yeah, not a big fan of the removal of fighting. Three more games for the Hitmen uh, Wednesday uh, in Lethbridge and then uh, home and home uh, to close out with the rival Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, the final fan appreciation game will go on Sunday, March 26th. Uh, hopefully we'll know who the Hitmen will be playing in round one of the postseason. Have a chance to clinch on Wednesday if everything goes well on Tuesday. Azam, thank you so much for coming in and uh, all the best the rest of the year. You're doing great work with the Hitmen and uh, it's good having you around here. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on. Well, there you go. This is Zom Naji. Uh, he's the host of uh, Hitman Hockey Hour. You can find him every weekend there talking all things Hitman. And you can find it on our podcast feeds over at Spotify, Apple, 
Google, all of them. Uh, up next, we're going to replay a conversation with Greg Millen. We had earlier on the uh, Sportsnet broadcaster and former NHL goaltender has been following the Flames a lot lately, so we'll talk with him. As it is a Calgary Flames game day there in Los Angeles uh, from the Crypto.com Arena, 7.30 warm-up, 8.30 puck drop right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. That's next as Big Show continues on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.